Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Dang it, Jamie. Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try the skin. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Hello, my neurodivergent family. I hope you're having a wonderful week. I just got back from a vacation with my mom and dad and husband from Nashville, Tennessee. It was really a great time and just what I needed. I don't know what the weather is like where you are, but here in North Carolina, it is sunny and it is so warm. The temperatures right now are in the 80s and 90s and I just want to be outside in the bright and beautiful sunshine. That also means that I can start trying to get back into shape because my body just got out of control over the last year and a half with the pandemic and the stress and all of that stuff. I used to be a long distance runner, as I've said in several of the other podcast episodes, but then I was in a bad wreck that left me where I couldn't run anymore. And my orthopedic surgeon told me that the only thing that I could do as far as exercise was concerned was swimming in a lap pool. While I love swimming, I get so bored with no stimulation, just staring at the line on the bottom of the pool. I do have these wonderful headphones now that I can really focus on music while I swim underneath the water. They're fantastic and it helps the time fly by and it helps me not focus on breathing or not being able to breathe or what muscles are sore or not sore. And does that mean that I'm really not getting a great workout? Regardless, they've been great so that I am able to exercise. And the more and more that I read about ADHD brains, not just the need for people in general to exercise, but those of us with ADHD specifically. If you know anything about ADHD, you know that it can make it hard to pay attention, to control your emotions, and finish tasks. You may not realize it, but Exercise is actually a great treatment for ADHD that obviously doesn't require prescription or a visit to the therapist's office. Research is finding that getting regular fitness can improve thinking ability and it may improve the symptoms of ADHD as well. While exercise is great for shedding fat and toning your muscles, it can actually help keep your brain in better shape too. When you exercise, your brain releases these chemicals called neurotransmitters, including dopamine, which can help you with attention and clear thinking. People with ADHD often have less dopamine than usual in their brain. The stimulant medicines that are often used to treat adult ADHD, they actually work by increasing the availability of dopamine, so it makes sense that a workout can have many of the same effects as stimulant drugs, right? Here are some of the benefits fitness can have for adults with ADHD. It can help ease stress and anxiety. 
It can improve impulse controls and reduce compulsive behavior. It can enhance your working memory. I need that. It can also improve executive function, and that's the set of skills that are needed to plan, organize, and remember details. It can also increase levels of brain-derived neurotrophic factor. That's a protein that's involved in learning and memory, and it's in short supply with people with ADHD. Beyond helping those symptoms, you probably know exercise has several other benefits as well. If you're able to get regular workouts, it can help you stay at a healthy weight, and that's important because evidence suggests that people with ADHD are more likely to become obese. It can also reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and certain types of cancers. It can keep your blood pressure and your cholesterol levels in a normal range. It can strengthen your bones. I don't know if you're aware, but one of the talents of people with ADHD brains is that we love to create. And it is no different for yours truly. I actually happen to have an Etsy shop. The name is Hope for Human Kindness, where my creations are up for sale, whether it's art on canvas, art on wine bottles, handmade door hangers by myself and my mom together. Head on over and check it out and see if maybe, just maybe, you want to bring some of that beauty into your everyday life as well. And again, the Etsy shop is hope for human kindness and it's all one word. Now go check it out before you forget and then come back and finish listening to this podcast episode. And it can improve your mood and self-esteem. Again, while exercise is great for anyone, if you've checked with your doctor and they give you the go ahead to exercise, because let me just throw that disclaimer out there. Always, always, always make sure that it is safe for you to exercise and to find out from your primary care provider what types of exercise your body is able to tolerate safely. Now, I want to talk to you about how people with ADHD can exercise so that we can reap the rewards, which means that we have to exercise the right way and the right amount. The key to this is to find an activity that fits your lifestyle, and then you're going to have to stick with it. Let's first talk about getting the most out of moving around. The effects of exercise only last for so long, just like medicine. Think of your workout as a treatment dose. Aim for at least one 30 to 40 minute activity a day, four or five times a week. The exercise you choose is up to you, but make sure that it's moderately intense. That means that during your workout, you need to make sure that your heart rate goes up, you breathe a bit harder and faster, you sweat, and your muscles feel tired. If you are unsure about how intense your exercise should be, you may want to talk to your doctor about it because they might recommend you use a heart rate monitor or some other type of device so that you can get the most out of your workout. So here are some types of exercise that you can do. The first kind, aerobic exercise. This is anything that gets your heart pounding. You want to do something that raises your heart rate and keeps it there for a set amount of time. Aerobic exercise, it creates new pathways in your brain and it floods it with chemicals that help you pay attention. Here are some that you can try that are aerobic. For example, running. If you're not so great at running or it's just not interesting to you, you can walk briskly. That also gets your heart rate up. You can bike or you can swim laps. You can do these activities outside or inside, but if you do have a choice, I highly recommend that you go outside. Studies show that being in nature while you move can reduce your ADHD symptoms even more than when you exercise inside. The next one, martial art. Experts say the more complex your exercise is, the better it is for your brain. Sports like karate, taekwondo, jujitsu, 
they all focus on self-control and bring together your mind and your body. When you do martial arts, you get training in skills like focus and concentration, balance, timing, memory, consequences of actions, and you get to hone in your fine motor skills. So there are some more other complex exercises that could be good for your aerobic workout. If martial arts isn't your thing, some other physical activities that can also challenge your mind and body are rock climbing, dance, gymnastics, and yoga. Yoga often does not get your heart rate accelerated, but it is really great for your mind. If you're only just starting out with exercise, go for aerobic activities like walking or maybe even like a light jog first. After you've been at it for a while, you can add in some strength work for variety because we love variety. So try things like lunges, squats, push-ups, pull-ups, weightlifting. If you're anything like I am, I do struggle with exercises that's just me. So if you have a difficult time getting motivated, a team sport might be great for you. If you join a softball or soccer league, it could be the thing to get you up and moving a couple times a week. Organized sports have all the benefits of physical exercise and you get a bonus of a social group to help motivate you. Teamwork hones your communication skills and it helps you think through your actions and plan ahead. Being part of a team can also improve your self-esteem. You may be listening thinking, Jamie, I already knew that regular exercise is one of the best things I can do for myself because I know that it strengthens my heart, weaks up my brain, perks up my mood, and it revs up my immune system. You may have already known too that on the ADHD front that it makes you calmer, more focused, less restless, and less impulsive. Since you already kind of knew that, Maybe there was some experience this taught you already that just knowing the benefits of exercise is not enough to get you started or even to keep you going. The reality is that knowing is not by itself a strong enough motivator. I mean, we typically have great intentions and we have a lot of desire to get out and to be active, but taking action requires going several steps beyond that. First of all, we have to start setting clear and specific goals for ourselves when it comes to exercise. And those goals, they have to be realistic. And with making those realistic goals, we also have to make a very strong personal commitment to keep with it. All of us talk to ourselves inside our heads all the time. This self-talk can be primarily positive or it can be primarily negative. A lot of that is shaped by our core personality, but it's also by lessons learned in life experiences and by our current situations. Although most people with ADHD tend to be natural optimists, those that I've met anyways, repeated frustrations and failures in life can turn the self-talk negative and pessimistic. We start to expect failure. And in doing so, that makes failure a self-fulfilling prophecy. So take a minute, sit back, and pay attention to your internal self-talk right now. You might already hear the negative automatic message loops playing in the back of your mind. Exercise program. <sighs> I've been there. I've done that. I just can't do it. Or I really want to exercise regularly, but I just can't get started. Or my schedule is too hectic right now. I just don't have the time. Do you tell yourself, I'm too old, or I'm too unhealthy, or I'm too tired, or I'm too out of shape for a workout program. Do you try to convince yourself that it would be nice, but I know myself too well. I'm too lazy to stick with it. Or the one that I love to use. I'll get to it later. If you're giving yourself these messages, it's time to tell your negative automatic loop to shut it. All the excuses is just that. Excuses. You're too busy to work out. 
At this very moment, some of the busiest people in the world are making time in their daily schedules for a workout. Are you busier than Bill Gates, the president of Microsoft? How about the president of the United States? The honest answer is no, probably not. If they can find time to schedule regular workouts, so can you. And guess what? So can I. Too old to benefit from exercise? Is that what you're telling yourself? An exercise study with nursing home patients who were the average age of 80 years old, yes, 80, found that just after three months, they improved their strength by 200%. People of any age benefit from exercise. Don't let age convince you that you are not capable. You are. Is it because of time? Is it because of money? Is it because of your low fitness level? All of those are excuses, only if you allow them to be. So take a couple minutes and write down your thoughts. On the left column, list the excuses and the negative thoughts you've made in the past or that you're making right now that stop you from working out. In the right column, list a solution or positive thought for each that will help you overcome these negative roadblocks. Revise the list later as your thinking changes or if you hit new roadblocks. In order to get past the negativity and excuses, there are three useless words that you have to eliminate from your vocabulary forever. Those three words are lazy, later, and never. These are common words that people throw around all the time, but typically they're just rationalizations for not taking action. Lazy simply means, I just don't feel like it, so I'm not doing it. Perhaps there's another voice in the background that adds, and you can't thank me. <laughs> Lazy is one of the most common labels we apply to ourselves, and unfortunately, they're also one of the most destructive. It doesn't really explain anything. Saying, I'm lazy, doesn't tell you anything useful about yourself. It's just name-calling. Even worse, it's a cop-out to explain away why you're not doing what you committed yourself to do. Let's talk about the word later. Later simply means, I'm not going to do it right now, which is the same thing as saying, I'm not doing it period. Of course, later never comes because later does not exist. It's just an abstract concept. All we have is now, this moment, in this time. Deciding to not do it now is the equivalent of deciding to just not do it. If you believe the lie that I'll do it later, you're just kidding yourself. You have a choice to make. Either give up this lie or remain as prisoner and allow it to keep stopping and frustrating you. I will say that ever since I started taking ADHD medication, I have found that morning is not the best time for me to swim laps if I've already taken my medication because it is a stimulant and I get out of breath a little bit easier than normal. But when there are times that that is the only block that I can fit it in, if I only do eight laps in the pool, that's eight more laps than what I was doing when I was sitting on the couch. All right, let's talk about never. I'll never get it done simply means I give up hope and faith in my ability to make decisions and act on them. I'm helpless. I'm a victim of my history and I'm doomed to repeat the same pattern of behavior over and over. I'm stuck in my misery. I'm not capable of change. The sense of helplessness is nothing more than a belief, a feeling. But as long as you continue to buy into it, you're stuck. If you find yourself in this predicament, Take responsibility for it. Be clear that you create your own prison and you are your own jailer. When these toxic motivation killers, lazy, later, never, pop into your head, you have to dismiss them. You have to fight them. Don't accept them automatically as some kind of eternal truth that's written in stone. The best way to fight them is to take some positive action and to move forward. Stop thinking and start doing. Just start. 
All right, let's talk about procrastination with working out. For a lot of people with ADHD, the main stumbling block to getting things done is not getting started in the first place. Again, when I was a runner, I used to love the quote, the hardest step is the first step out the door. So that stumbling block is just procrastination. The reasons why things get put off are almost always too numerous to mention. When you're prone to being distracted like I am, something else is practically guaranteed to come up. I don't feel like it right now. I'll do it later. I'm too busy at the moment. This just isn't going to work, so why should I bother with it? The first step in overcoming procrastination is not to threaten yourself with doom and gloom and dire consequences. Expect success. Focus on benefits. In order to feel motivated, it is essential to see yourself achieving your goal. Visualize the end result, the benefits, and yes, the celebration for it. I'm all about celebrating small victories as well as the big ones. Tell yourself that you're not going to wait until it's too late. A lot of people are finally motivated to exercise after, for example, they have a heart attack or they have a stroke. I work in healthcare. I can vouch for that. Better late than never, right? But that's a big price to pay. Stop for a moment and picture yourself as clearly as you can on the sad and scary future day you come home from the hospital after luckily surviving a heart attack. Ask yourself, what could I have done differently? How much easier would it have been to get things going before you got sick? How much would you pay for the chance to go back in time to this moment right now when you're still healthy? The good news, of course, is that time travel isn't necessary. You are already living in this moment. You're still healthy and kicking. Make the most of it, but you need to do it now. The next thing you need to do is settle in for the long haul. Get out your planner and schedule a start time for your first workout. To get consistent and stay consistent with a program requires structured workout schedule. There's no getting around this simple fact. Your choices are you can be sufficiently structured and that way you will be consistent with it, or you can be insufficiently structured and inevitably and predictably inconsistent. Many people with ADHD have a love-hate relationship with structure. We know we need it, but we hate feeling constrained by it. On some level, it feels like giving up a part of our freedom and spontaneity. To some degree, that is true. But look past the apparent inconvenience and keep your eye on the bigger picture. It is not possible to accept the planning and scheduling that is essential to a long-term workout program until you first overcome your aversion to structure. A structured program might feel like a jail sale to some individuals, but it's no such thing. Instead, look at this structure like it's a roadmap. It shows you the way and it keeps you on track to your destination. So who needs a map, you may ask? While it's true that you might get to your destination without a map, at best, it will take you a lot longer and involve a lot more work. At worst, you'll get sidetracked and lost and you're never going to get there. So take an honest look at your history and ask yourself, do I need a roadmap to get me to where I want to go? ADHD-related activation difficulties stop being as difficult after a behavior becomes routine. I'm going to repeat that back for you to hear one more time. ADHD-related activation difficulties stop being difficult after a behavior becomes routine. That is, once it feels more like it's second nature. Brushing your teeth in the morning is a good example. You don't have to think about it. You just do it because, well, that's what you do when you get up in the morning. Just remember, it takes a minimum of several weeks before behavior starts to feel like a routine. It takes months, 
sometimes years, for a behavior to become a strong ingrained habit. It's virtually impossible to reach that level of behavioral consistency by chance. Whether you accept structure or fight it, be clear about the consequences of your choice. Next, I want you to use your reward pathway. We love those. As the saying goes, nothing succeeds like success. It's also very true that nothing motivates like success. By setting small, doable goals and achieving them, you energize yourself to move on to the next goal and the next and the next. This is a strategy for using the reward pathway in your brain to build and sustain motivation and positive energy. Short-term goals tend to work better than long-term goals. A good rule of thumb is to set a goal that can be achieved in three months or less. For someone with ADHD, even shorter-term goals like six weeks or less are often a good idea. Shooting for a long-term goal that's too big makes it more likely that you're going to lose focus and interest, which will lead to you giving up. Setting unreachable goals is a surefire way to fail. Another way to use your brain's reward pathway is to make your workouts as enjoyable as possible. Plan activities like biking or swimming that you like and avoid those that don't interest you, even if someone else thinks that it's a good idea. Since the ADHD brain is stimulated by variety and bored by too much repetition, Incorporate different types of activities into your workout routine. Make the workouts a social activity whenever you can, like working with a workout buddy or joining an exercise class or even working out with a personal trainer. Setting realistic goals is easier by following the SMART principle. SMART is an acronym that stands for Specific, Measurable, Action-Oriented, Realistic, and Timed. Setting specific goals means that you have a very clear picture of what you're going after. Avoid making general or unclear goals like, I want to get in better shape. Yeah, well, that sounds great, but it's too vague to have any real meaning. I want to run five miles is a specific goal, or I want to lose 15 pounds. Measurable goals are tangible. You want to know exactly how much progress you're making towards your goal and exactly what has been achieved. So back to, I want to be in good shape is too general. I want my body fat index to be below 20%, or I want to run a mile in under six minutes are goals that are both specific and measurable. Your action-oriented goals specify the details of the plan you're going to follow. Making a promise to yourself to work out regularly is a vague wish, not a goal. What will be your training frequency? When are the workouts going to be scheduled during the week? What will be the intensity and duration of your workouts? What changes are you going to make to your eating habits, sleeping habits? Define very clearly in behavioral terms exactly what you're going to do. Realistic goals are goals that are reachable. If your goals are not realistic, please do yourself a favor and don't set them. The common mistake of too much too soon has sent so many workout programs crashing down in flames. The trick is to find a balance where your goals are demanding enough to make the achievement rewarding, but not unreachable to the point that you're setting yourself up to fail. Timed. Time goals have a specific target date for each goal. I'll be able to run five miles by the end of October. When necessary, break long-term goals into smaller short-term goals. I'll be able to run a mile comfortably by the end of this month. I will be able to run three miles by the end of September. I will be able to run five miles by the end of October. The major reason most routines fail is really simple. People give up too soon. That's not as silly as it may sound. Generally speaking, it takes a minimum of six to eight weeks to establish any type of behavioral routine. It takes months or years to build strong habits, like I said earlier. These principles apply to everyone. 
but even more so to people with ADHD. We tend to get bored a lot faster, we get frustrated more easily, and we feel overwhelmed and discouraged way too soon. Feeling anxious about failing to achieve a goal leads to avoidance behavior, which leads to inconsistent effort. And eventually, it causes us to just give up. Part of being resilient is believing in your ability to persevere when times get tough. It also means expecting setbacks and being prepared to get back on track to overcome them. Poor resilience is largely a matter of poor attitude. Henry Ford said it perfectly almost a century ago. Whether you think you can do something or you think you can't, you're right. The only exercise program that has a chance of lasting is one that becomes integrated into your lifestyle. It must become a part of who you are and what you do. If you treat it as a bitter but necessary medicine, it will be dead in the water within weeks. It must become a natural, integral part of your lifestyle, not an addition or an addendum to it. To make your workout program a part of your lifestyle, you have to embrace it as part of your identity. Make time for it. Provide resources for it, not just in allocating time, but also in terms of finances, usually small, and energy. You will find the means if you dedicate yourself to the goal. After listening to this episode, if you use any of this to begin a workout program that you stick with, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you chose, what worked for you, and I want to hear what your results are. So be sure to send me an email at theneurodivergentnurse at gmail.com and let me know about it. And you can also leave me a voice message that, that might just make it onto the show. But regardless, I want to hear about your progress and I believe in you. If you would like to contribute to this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the neurodivergent nurse, where you can get exclusive bonus episodes, script of the show prior to the release, uncut video interviews of the guests, input on upcoming shows and ideas, and even more. Also, be sure to follow the neurodivergent nurse on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with someone that you think could also benefit from the neurodivergent nurse. And go ahead while you have time and while you're thinking about it and rate it and leave a review five stars on your favorite listening platform so that other people can find the show easily as well and i hope you have a wonderful week and i can't wait to talk to you again